you're listening to Priceless Beauties Podcast. Hey, beautiful, Pamela Price here, makeup and spray tan artist, educator and owner of Priceless Beauty Studio, an international award-winning beauty business. But more importantly, I will be your host and cheerleader on this journey of self-love, self-awareness, and growth. Life didn't come with an instruction manual, and entrepreneurship can be a lonely and scary road at times. I am personally inviting you to join me on this brave adventure together while I chat with women just like you who open up and share their secrets about their business, their inspiration, and their stories. When we empower one another, great things happen. All right, babe, thanks so much for pressing play. Well, welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love hanging out with you, especially when we're exchanging beauty services or chatting about business and beauty and all those things that we are passionate about. So I'm pumped to have you on here today because I've been following you for, I guess it's been maybe just under two years or so. We've sort of been connecting via social media. And then I had the best ever yoga facial at your beauty bar. And now so many like awesome products that I've been getting from you since then and just officially obsessed with you and your services. So I wanted to bring you on here to chat a little bit about your journey as a beauty business professional and a beauty bar owner. So welcome. Thank you for coming today. Um, I will put all the information that you guys can check out Anna and her business wherever this podcast is found, but you can look her up if you just want to Google her lashes and lipstick beauty bar. They're located in Markham and I believe you have another location as well. So I'll let you kind of dig in and share a little bit about yourself if that's okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is really excited. I've never done it before. (laughs) (laughs) So I do own a beauty bar here in Markham. That is the bulk of what I do. I'm owner. I also do some of the services as well. I did have a second location. I did close that one down in July of last year. Toronto just wasn't the same when I reopened after COVID. So I focused everything here in Markham and it's been amazing and fantastic. And I'm so lucky and so blessed that, you know, people are comfortable coming in and they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful space, by the way, too. just check out our Instagram and creep on any behind the scenes photos and I was part of watching the renovation journey. So I know it was quite a mission to get that space to where it is today. So could you talk about like, let's go backwards and talk about how you got into the beauty industry and then we'll work our way forward into the present day if that's cool. Okay. So I started a beauty blog, which then turned me into a makeup artist. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I was doing a lot of bridal. I did some TV work, some set work. Like it was fantastic. It was very cool. I stopped that in 2019 just because, again, I was focusing on building the beauty bar and that side of the business. So it all kind of started off from a blog and then makeup, and then it kind of just went from there. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. I knew you did makeup because, obviously, but I wasn't aware that you did a blog. And what was the reason why you started the blog? Were you always interested in beauty? Were you, like, interested in writing, communications? Like, what was that? Why was that the first thing that you started? It was definitely the beauty aspect of things. I really enjoyed makeup. I was obsessed with, like, makeup geek for a little while. You know, if you want to go all the way back. Yeah. Face Honey, Queen of Blending. It was a whole (laughs) YouTube thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Wow, I'm really dating myself right now. But I was like, this is so cool. And I really enjoyed it. And then the blog just sort of developed. I mean, I wouldn't say it was super popular or anything, but 
you know, I did get some paid stuff from it. I did get free product from it, which in turn sort of helped me build my makeup kit as well, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So walk me through that blog. And then d- did you stop doing the blog because you started doing the services or how is that blog still going or? <laughs> but the blog definitely took a back burner. I do keep it active and maybe post on the blog about once a month, not necessarily about products, but about things that are happening here in the beauty bar. I do it because it keeps the website active as well. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're constantly sort of like updating things on it, it lets Google know that, hey, your website is active, your business is active. And so it actually helps with your views as well, which is Mm -hmm. That's a good tip there, guys. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have, so I have, you know, transitioning your skincare from summer to winter, that sort of stuff is on the blog now, not necessarily product reviews anymore. And do you find that, do you use keywords and things like that to help generate searchability on Google? And then hopefully that drives them towards your website or booking platforms and things like that? I absolutely do. I actually have a copy editor who uh, she goes in and she, after I write the post, she'll go in and do all of that for me because truthfully, I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to (laughs) SEOs and search terms. So I let her deal with that while I write the post. Yeah, that's that's a really good piece of advice. I think it's good that you're writing it because it's kind of in your language. And then obviously someone who's an expert on all those things can go and just like beef it up so that it's easier to find Google's algorithm or whatnot. It's easier to pull up and find, right? Over the years, I have realized that although I can wear many different hats in this business, there's just some things that I'm not good at. So if I want to scale the business in any way, I have to delegate that stuff to people that know what they're doing. That is so true. And I feel like this is an ongoing (laughs) conversation I'm having with many people because at some point, also, it's just not fun anymore if you're doing those things that are very time consuming or don't come as naturally to you, I think. And yeah, that's a big one. And I heard it. It's like I read it so many times. I heard it so many times, but I had to live it and actually go through it to be like, okay, they're right. (laughs) All those people that told me you need to delegate, they're actually right. (laughs) They are. They so, so are. And it's then it goes back to you have to spend money to make money sort of thing, right? So yes, these services are going to cost you money. But in the end, I feel that for myself, I'm more productive and in turn can make more money in a different way. Totally. And then you have more joy in doing what you actually like to do. <laughs> exactly. Social media, not really my strong point. So I do have someone that helps me create the posts and the reels. And guess I just, I can't do it all. I don't have that creative side of me. It's just not what is flourishing right now. It's more the business side. So that's Mm. what I focus on. And I do notice that you guys are extremely active on social media. Like you're posting every single day stories up all the time, even during lockdown when we don't have any services, you guys are still staying relevant and staying active. Did you find that social media has been very helpful with the growth of your business? Absolutely. Instagram and Google are probably the two most popular places that people will find lashes and lipstick. I think that people love Instagram because it is very live and I am active on it and I do post before and after. So you kind of can see what really is going on in here as well as the stories for the behind the scenes and that sort of stuff as well. Any promotions I always put up on Instagram as well. Google is super helpful when it comes to Google ads. I don't really spend a lot on Google ads, but I get a lot of people that find me from there. Reviews on Google also help as well. So Mm -hmm. those two are the most popular platforms that really help me grow. Okay. Now, did you try a lot of different things before you narrowed down those two platforms? Like, have you been sort of testing this and testing that? And then you notice you're getting like a lot of engagement or a lot of um, clients reaching out as a result of one or both of those 
sort of marketing techniques? I did try Facebook for a little while and I realized that it just wasn't working for me the way I wanted it to. So I did step back from Facebook. Now what I do is Instagram, you can automatically publish to Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I just do that. I don't really post separately on Facebook. It just, it's not a platform that really helps my business by any means. I notice it coming from Instagram and Google. Also on the consent forms that the client signed, it asks, how did you find me? And it's almost always Instagram and Google. And then of course you have your word of mouth. So it's a referral from someone else too. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, that's really smart. I was going to ask you, like, how do you know, do you ask every person? So, I mean, easy just to put it on their form when they're, before they come in and then, you know, like what's working and what's not working. Cause I know in the beginning, when I first opened my space, I was doing everything. I like, I got suckered into so many things and I'm like, why did I do, (laughs) you know, paying for flyers? Like people don't use flyers anymore. We had little road signs and we had, um, pages. Yellow pages kept calling me and I was like, sure, yellow. do. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like those are the two places that I tell people to I actually don't pay for Google anymore, but I found that keeping your Google My Business app, I guess it's an app, <laughs> mm-hmm. software, whatever it is, up to date. Unfortunately, it doesn't link like how Facebook links with Instagram. So you have to go in and manually do it. But I find keeping that, if you look at the um, analytics of the Google My Business, it's actually crazy how many people are on there searching you, have looked for directions, called you through Google. Um, and that's like, I don't even pay for that. So I, I'm assuming that if you you know invest a little bit of money into the Google, I mean, Google's still the number one search engine that people are using. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if people are using Bing or what else they use, but I think Google is still where it's at. So they're monopolizing that. Um, search engine for sure. Google That's- My Business is an amazing app, by the way. So you can update all your business information on there and also your posts, whatever you post to Instagram, you can just take that picture and post it to Google. And again, it keeps it active. Mm-hmm. So that way, when people are searching lashes, Markham or Markham waxing or spray tan pickering, whatever they're searching, you're coming up. Yeah. I know. I love Google My Business and I recommend that to all of the ladies that I connect with, especially in the new spray tan artists that I work with. We, I, I'm just like, get on Google My Business. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. And I think even now, I know before you had to put an address in, but I think now you can just select service area. So if you are a mobile business or if you are a home-based business, you don't have to necessarily put your address on there if you don't feel comfortable doing that. So there's options on there now. They've improved for different business models, basically. So, yep. Can't say enough good things about Google. They're not paying us for this, but they should be. (laughs) (laughs) True. It's true. Um, So basically you you think that just sort of staying active on those two platforms has been like super beneficial. Any other things that maybe you've done in terms of just like best practices or anything like customer service or anything that's been maybe like a really key factor into the growth um, and success of your business? I think customer service is a huge one. We're very responsive on our platforms, whether you're messaging us through Instagram or Google messages, whether you're calling us or emailing us, we are always so responsive. You will get a response usually within about 60 minutes or so. And I find that to be very helpful because at the end of the day, when somebody is contacting you, they're also contacting 10 other places. So you want to be the person that replies first. I agree. But I I feel like sometimes it can be a little overwhelming when there's so many places people can find you on. Like, are they Snapchatting you? Are they Facebook messaging you? Is that a word? I'm not sure. Instagram (laughs) messaging you. (laughs) 
or they're texting, they're calling, they're emailing, they're contacting you through your website. Like there are so many places people can find you. How do you stay on top of all of that and get back to them within 60 minutes? (laughs) So here's what I do. First off, I have business hours. I only reply within those business hours. I also have two different cell phones. I have my business cell phone and I have my personal cell phone. Anything that whenever contact, uh, sorry, whenever clients or potential client is contacting me, it goes right to the business phone. If I don't have it in my hand, because again, it's outside of business hours, they're not getting a response, right? Mm. Right now, it's easy for me to respond because again, we're closed. We've been closed for most of the year. So right now it's like, yeah, I can absolutely respond within that 60 minute period. But here in store, although I don't have a receptionist, the girls, they're really great at like answering the phone or responding to emails as well. So it's not just me, even though it says Anna, it's not always me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So just having that support system. And I think having those boundaries is a really big one because I I'm sure it wasn't always like that for you, you know, but I know I've been like super guilty of trying to get back to everybody and respond to everybody, even if it's like late at night and it can just become really draining and it can really consume you and eat into your personal life when you have no boundaries because people's expectations are just like, okay, why didn't she answer me? <laughs> right. So it's true. It's true. You know what I did one year? Um, I was traveling. I went on vacation. I was like, well, I have someone to do the work while I'm away, but I don't really have someone to answer the phone. So I hired a virtual assistant. So I think that that also is a pretty cool option for people that if you can't answer the phones all the time, just forward it to a virtual assistant and they can help you with that. So again, I don't need a physical person sitting here at reception, but Mm -hmm. I can forward my phones if it's just way too busy and we can't handle it to a virtual receptionist. They can answer and they can book the appointments as well. That's super smart. I actually really like that option. And if you don't mind sharing, where did you source that virtual assistant? I actually found her on a Facebook group called Toronto Entrepreneurial and Employment Zone. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. And I know, um, I think it's called Upwork. That's a popular one. Um, You can hire all kinds of people to do all kinds of things. (laughs) Cool. I never heard of that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're looking to support someone local, then it's cool if you can find, yeah, like a Facebook group or something where you can find a local whomever to, to do that for you. But if you're looking for, we've, I've hired like random odd job things on Upwork and I know a couple other people that have used that platform and they speak highly of it. So, and you can just post the job and so many people will respond and you can check out, they have like a rating system to see, they show how much they charge per hour or per job. And so it's pretty cool. But yeah, that is very cool. I've never heard of it. I'm going to check so that out. Options thank for you. us now. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's all about. So obviously COVID has been a tough year for beauty professionals, but outside of the obvious, has there been any sort of rough patches or obstacles that you've gone through as a business owner that you'd like to share? Renovations was probably the worst thing I ever had to go through. <laughs> Okay. Talk to me about that. <laughs> Cause you wouldn't so, know like looking now it's just beautiful, but yeah. Tell us the journey of the renovations. I got this place in January of 2020 and it was a cement floor with cement exterior walls and a bathroom. That was it. I had to build this place from absolute scratch. Of course it was very costly as well. But on top of it being costly, how do I explain this? So I'm a very punctual person. And if I tell you I'm going to do something, it's going to get done within the time frame that I tell you. Contractors are not like that. They'll say, hey, we'll have this done in like two weeks and it'll take them four or six weeks. So I think 
that was probably the worst part because I like to manage expectations. Contractors just don't do that. They work on their own schedule. So between COVID, right, because I started building this place in February, the shutdown was March 2020. Between COVID and dealing with the contractors and having to buy furniture and decor and equipment and all this stuff to be ready to open, which we didn't know when we were going to open. Now, last year, I opened June 19th of 2020. But we didn't know that, right? It was two weeks, two more weeks, two more weeks. So all of that together, plus the renovations was just, it was not a good point in my life. I got to tell you, it was very, very difficult. Did you have a vision for what you wanted the space to look like? Did you work with a designer? How does that all work? (laughs) I did work with a designer. The designer not only helped me with like uh, the outline of okay, this room here, here's the sizing, et cetera, et cetera. She also helped me source my cabinets, my uh, tabletop, any furniture that I didn't get off Wayfair, right? That was definitely helpful. But again, I had never done this before. So there are some things I have been changing along the way, even though it's only been a year. So for example, I added an extra treatment room this year while we were closed because I needed the extra space. I had three fairly good size rooms, but I needed an extra room for the girls that come in for pop-ups like face yoga, like you mentioned, or my nurse injector. So I think when it comes to doing something like that, first, I applaud you because that sounds, I mean, I've been in that situation, but just not on that scale because my space was already basically built. It was more just decorating a few things here and there, and it was still crazy. But You had a space before. Why did you decide to move to your new location and start from scratch in terms of like renos and all that stuff? Okay. I like this question. So (laughs) I used to work from home since like 2016. I used to work from my parents' house. So lashes and lipstick literally started in like a 10 by 10 in my parents' basement. It was a completely finished basement. It was beautiful, but still that's where it started. So I was working part-time at my parents and I was working part-time at another clinic as well. So In 2018 of October, I quit that job and I decided to pursue lashes and lipstick full time. Now, when I was looking for a space, because I knew I couldn't do this out of my parents' house forever, when I was looking for a space, I was looking for something that was really turnkey ready that I can still make my own with, you know, painting and minimal expenses because I didn't know if I was going to enjoy running a store, a storefront Mm -hmm. um, or owning a business in general that's not inside of a house. Like it's completely bloody different, right? Totally. So in January 2019, I signed a lease to a very small unit. It was underneath a condo. It was maybe 500 square feet. It had two treatment rooms, a bathroom, a laundry room and reception. It was very, very small. I outgrew that space very, very, very quickly. By August of 2019, I was already searching for a bigger location. And I did not want to build something from scratch, but I had no choice. So December of 2019, I found my current location. And then we started building in February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And do you find that in terms of actual location, that played a part in people being able to find you or at this oh, way, yeah. people are just like willing to go wherever. Like, what does that look like in terms of like drive by traffic or foot traffic? Because I know that can be a deciding factor when people are looking for a location. I didn't realize how important location was until 
I opened my business at its current address. So before at the old address, it was only two kilometers south of here. It wasn't that far. It was still in Markham. We were just over at Kennedy and 407, but we were under a condo and it was very residential and industrial. I don't know if you know the area, but it was kind of a mixture of both. So although I was under a condo and I had a storefront, once people entered the garage, they had no idea where they were going. So they couldn't really find me. Mm. So if they couldn't find me and let's say I was already with a client and my phone was going, can't answer the phone while I'm with a client. So they're kind of like getting annoyed trying to search around. Yeah. So then when I moved into this location at Kennedy and 16th Avenue, which again, just two kilometers north, it was just completely different. You can see me off the street now. Not only like all the residents around here that are walking by, but I'm in a plaza that has, you know, a couple bubble teas. It has a medical clinic. It's a little bit more foot traffic and I'm much more visible. Yeah. It's a really great spot. And I love that there's parking right in front. (laughs) Yes. So much parking. It's free parking. It's not underground in a garage. Like my old location was. It's easy to find. I've got this beautiful clock tower in front of me. (laughs) It's just, it's so much better. And when I moved here, my clients followed me from the other location, but also I grew like maybe six or 700 clients just last year from being here. That's awesome. The location is so important. These are all things that I didn't know when I was first starting. Yeah. And I think like, unfortunately, hopefully this episode will help people who are listening, who are thinking of moving (laughs) or getting a commercial space. But I know one thing my mentor had told me is to actually go around to if there's different units. I know yours was a new build, so it's a little bit different. But if there's other existing businesses in that complex or in that plaza or in that building, go and talk to the other businesses and just ask them questions like, how is the landlord? What's the traffic like around here? Like, How long have you been here for? Things like that. And I did do that for my first location when I was searching for one. And I ended up finding out that there was another beauty business on the other side of the building. And that if we had signed the lease, they didn't tell us, but there would have been, we wouldn't have been allowed to offer some of the services that we offer because it would be- non-compete clause. Yeah. And I just had no idea what that even meant. So luckily I had a mentor who was guiding me through the process, but otherwise I could have very well signed that lease and not been able to offer like some of our main services. (laughs) So something to keep in mind. It is. And I looked at many, many places before- I decided on my current location. Now, what I liked about this place was that it is an individual owner. So each unit is owned by a different person. There's no property management company or not one company that owns it. It's all multiple people. So although I couldn't sign a non-compete clause because they can't, my landlord Mm -hmm. can't control who's opening up around me, um, in plazas where it is just one corporation or person that owns it, Non-competes are very, very common, but that was really shady what that landlord did to you. Like they should have told you, hey, there's a business over there. It does this. You can open, but you can't do this and this. Yeah. So, I mean, it ended up working in our favor because we got a space that we liked a lot more and it was bigger and it just worked out way better for us. But I did, we did like that space, but we ended up getting something else. And then the other thing is once I found the space that I had after, I I, sh- I didn't ask them. I didn't do that because we were just desperate to get that location so bad <laughs> mm-hmm. that also we probably could have negotiated more with the lease. There's probably more that we could have done, but we were just, I had to be out of my home-based business at that point. So I was being forced into a space and we were just like, okay, <laughs> just get it. <laughs> and you know, looking back, I would have done a little bit more research probably before I signed those papers. So 
Have you had um, like any tips for doing a lease, signing a lease? Do you have do you have a lawyer that you work with? Like, what does that look like on your end? I have two amazing real estate agents that work together, and they're just fantastic. They have all the resources that I absolutely need or needed at the time. They're still very active in lashes and lipsticks as well. Like, not only do they come here for services, but They'll message me and be like, hey, how's it going? Or do you need any help with this? Because it's COVID, we can help you write this. Like, they're just... That's so nice. Honestly, so fantastic. <laughs> and they're a big part of why I even decided on this location too, right? I think that you need to have real estate agents that you trust that are working in your best interest, not the interest of the landlord. And mm-hmm. don't forget, you do not pay for your real estate agent. It's the landlord that ends up paying them their commission. So their services to you are kind of free and they should be working for you, not against you when you're signing a lease. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they negotiated for me no rent increase for five years, which was huge. Like what landlord doesn't want to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Raise rent. Unfortunately, the landlord didn't want to pay for any sort of improvements that we did in here, but it was fine. I tried to put it in the lease, uh, in the offer, but it didn't necessarily work, which is okay. But they did cooperate and say, okay, cool. We won't raise your rent for five years or you can do what you want in here. And yeah, it was, you need to have a good team of people, I guess is what you're, what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Even my accountant or my bookkeeper or my lawyer, they're all working for me. Yeah. Totally. And I didn't do that. I used the realtor that was representing the owner of the... Of That's the, why. Yeah. And in retrospect, again, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you but know what? you learn. Yeah. Now, next time, if I was to do that again, I would be doing things completely differently. So I think it's just to, like you said, have a good group of professionals on your side and fully understand what it is that you're getting into. Like that five-year without a rent increase, what happens after that five years? Like we have to think about that as well, because in five years, if they decide to double your rent, that might not make sense for you or whatever the case may be that they decide to any changes that they decide to make would then basically be out of your hands. And I've known other businesses where the terms changed so drastically that they had to move spaces and it's very expensive to have to move spaces Mm -hmm. and start again or to find the right location and the risk of, you know, losing clients and things like that. So that's something to really consider as well. I know a lot of us were like, we're we're just makeup artists. We're estheticians, we're hairstylists, (laughs) but we're like, we don't know about this stuff. And, but it's, it's in the age of information, like ignorance is a choice. If we don't have the info, we have to get somebody who does, right? Again, it goes back to delegating what you can't do. Yeah. And it's okay Um, if you can't do it and you don't know, because like, I don't know about any of that shit, but... (laughs) That's exactly it. But you want people that do. I am very lucky that my landlord is super duper understanding that in five years from now, when my term is over, I do have the option to extend for five years. And I'm confident that they're just not going to go and double my rent, right? Unless they really wanted me out of here, or maybe they were selling or whatever the case is, there's no need for them to do that. Knowing how negotiable they are and how understanding they are and how well they communicate with me, I think that's also very important. You need to look for a landlord that doesn't want to screw you over either, right? I understand that Mm -hmm. being a landlord is a business, but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you want good tenants that are going to take care of your property. Yeah. Whether it's commercial or residential. Totally. Yeah. So try to maintain that relationship 
when possible, but and also to know your rights as well. Because I know, especially as young females, business owners, sometimes we may not be taken seriously as some people, right? So I think it's important to understand and know what your rights are and what their responsibilities are versus your responsibilities. Like who repairs the furnace if the furnace breaks down or who's responsible for the AC or what happens if a window gets broken or if there's a fire or <laughs> all of these mm-hmm. things, right? So it's good and to know. And that all be in your lease. You can put out those terms in your lease and it normally is anyways. Yeah. You know, so- leases are pretty standardized when it comes to residential or commercial. I feel like you can add addendums to, let's say, a commercial lease that you can't necessarily add to a residential lease. But all of this stuff can definitely be outlined. That way you're protected. This is a legal document. Both landlord and tenant will be protected. Yeah, that's true. Very important stuff. <laughs> you don't feel mm-hmm. like it's important until you have to go through it. And then you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Why didn't I know this or that? So yeah, if you or can. Or why didn't anybody tell me, right? Like yeah. there's so many things that I didn't know that I was like, why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> so proprietor versus corporation. If I had to go back and do it all over again, knowing how I wanted to scale my business, I would have just started off as a corporation. Instead, I started off as a sole proprietorship and then had to sell my business to myself and pay taxes on that. Like it was just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, I'm still a sole proprietor. So now I know what I'm in for. <laughs> right? It's so crazy that you don't know this because a corporation is a complete, even though I am sole owner of that corporation, it's a completely different entity than Anna. Lashes and Lipstick mm-hmm. is its own entity now. So when I had to sell basically the sole proprietorship to the corporation, that all is taxable. And you have to get your company evaluated, see what it's worth and what product you have left in stock. It was just a mess. That sounds really annoying. Yeah. These are the annoying things that we never <laughs> talk about. But these are the things that consume our time and and money in business as well. And people aren't aware of that, right? So I think if we can talk about, this is just bringing me around to something else that I thought of, like when to really value yourself and the services that you provide, because the service that you provide whether it's one hour, two hours, an ongoing service, whatever it is, you have to remember that, yes, they're paying for a service. But when it comes to a business, there's so many things behind the scenes that they don't realize are part of the cost and time of running a business. Just that, for example. like Yeah, that's not exactly <laughs> what they're paying for. But ultimately, mm-hmm. you have to be able to afford to pay for these different costs when it comes to running a business. The way we price our services, right? You always have to take into consideration, A, what your rent is, B, what your insurance costs, how much education you have, what did you spend on that education, how experienced are you, what are the people around you charging. There is so much that goes into pricing or even just the service alone. On top of that, what is your products going to cost you? What are your consumables? Like, Mm -hmm. there's so much. So when you come in and you're like, oh, I'm just doing lash extensions today. Well, that's also X amount of dollars in employee time in product in space occupying whatever you want to call it when you occupy space like Mm -hmm. hydro everything yeah and so what is your answer when people say like oh that's really expensive or that's too expensive or i know so and so that does it for this price like do you how do you respond to that Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have gotten into the habit of saying, I'm sorry, we're out of your budget, but I'm sure you'll find someone that better suits your needs. Mm. I don't waver on my prices. Yeah. I rarely offer service discounts. We're out of your budget and that's okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to be out of budget. It's not that it's too expensive by any means. It's just that you may not be able to necessarily afford it right now. So there are other artists who maybe work from home or other businesses that 
will suit your needs or maybe they'll offer you the discount that you're looking for. And that's absolutely fine. I feel like I have my answer, but why do you not discount? I don't believe in discounting, but why don't you discount? So it devalues the service and then you build a clientele base of clients that are only looking for discounters, right? Your group (laughs) honors, you know, and I don't think that's the best way to build a business because clients will never again pay full price for a service that they can get at 15% off once a month. You're doing Mm -hmm. yourself a disservice by discounting your services. I agree. You want to offer a $15 gift card with every $60 purchase or however you want to do it. Cool. But that's that client coming back and spending money within your business, even though you've Mm -hmm. just given them $15, right? Mm -hmm. But your service is not discounted. Mm -hmm. So more like customer appreciation versus just straight up discount. (laughs) Even using the word discount, I I don't like to use the word discount. So I might might do something like an offer, like you said, or maybe even if I'm doing working with an influence or something, it's a complimentary upgrade or something like that, but it's never a discount. So I think it's always, we have to find the right way to, I like that. I'm sorry that we're out of your budget. I think that's Mm -hmm. a really nice way to put it. And I, I have personally found, I'm sure you have too, that those discount shopper clients tend to be the most picky. Difficult. Yeah, (laughs) the the most difficult, the most unappreciative. Yeah, the most picky. Not ideal. Not ideal. They're not your ideal clients. They're not my ideal clients. Mm -hmm. So I am happy to let them go elsewhere because there are plenty of people and clients that are willing to pay for your service and for your expertise. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why we are charging X amount for, let's say, a Brazilian. I charge $52 for a Brazilian guess what? You're going to be in and out in eight minutes. It's not going to be very painful either. But you want to go to a nail salon and get waxed for $30. Great. Now you're risking perhaps infection because they're double dipping their stuff or not high quality products. So you might experience burns or rips or this is what I do. This is what we specialize in. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I think like beauty service is such a, I think we're essential though. Doug Ford disagrees, (laughs) but Go for. We are so essential. It is a luxury to have a beauty service. It is something that you are doing for yourself. So I feel like when you're treating, yeah, when you're treating yourself, you shouldn't discount yourself. (laughs) If that makes sense, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. doing it for yourself because it makes you feel good. And if you spend a little more, that's funny how the mind works. Is that it actually makes it more exciting and better and more fulfilling. Like, I don't know if you noticed you buy it, you know, a higher end Like when purse. I buy my designer stuff. No, it's true. It actually it's makes true. you feel different. And no, <laughs> not to be materialistic, but it's actually true. Go buy a purse from Giant Tiger or go buy a purse from Gucci. You're going to feel different. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I walk around with my Gucci cross over or cross body, whatever it's called. And I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm wearing Gucci. <laughs> it's a feel good thing. It's a feel it good does. thing. So I think when you're doing the thing for yourself, treat yourself and feel good about it. Right. Right. So that's what I want my clients to feel good, that they feel kind of exclusive or special that they're able to, you know, have that service. Feel good here. Right. (laughs) Yes. totally. (laughs) (laughs) And that's another thing, right. At the end of the day, like I want our clients to feel special. I want you to feel like you're the only person walking through our doors. And I think that customer's service, it does come with a price tag. Mm -hmm. Of course. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of things involved in being able to provide that service for that person in that way that do take up your time and energy and are knowing your name before you even walk through our door. 
right? Mm-hmm. Just like you walking into a rent, like a place that you've booked and you're, and then, you know, they greet you and they're like, Hey, Pam, thanks for coming today. And you're like, Oh, I didn't even have to tell you my name. Like yeah. you're that organized, you know, what appointments where and who's coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. I love people that are organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite part about being a entrepreneur or a business owner? That I get to make all the decisions. so it is definitely a control thing it's also a pride thing like I walk into my beauty bar almost every day and I'm like wow I built this like Mm -hmm. that's pretty special it is that I started off in my parents basement and here I am with a storefront that you know COVID aside grows exponentially right if COVID would just let us be great I could have already (laughs) had my second location by now (laughs) It will. It will be happening soon. I, I'm i still that really lame optimist that thinks it's going to be over soon. <laughs> I hope you're right. I really, really do. But that is the best part. So mm-hmm. is I get to control sort of everything, how I want it. You know, when I worked at other places, I'm like, oh, if I had my own place, I would change that. Well, great. I did. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I agree. I feel like when I worked for other places, I... I'm kind of a person that has a lot of ideas and I always was like, oh, this would be super awesome if we did this or if we tried this. And it's really hard to get other businesses to implement your ideas because as you know, as a business owner, it's not just that simple. But when you're the owner and you can kind of see things like from a bird's eye view, then and you do have a, a great idea or a new promotion or a new service or whatever it is that you want to do and you decide to implement it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You do something else. That's exactly it. And also I get to receive feedback from clients when they're like, oh, it'd be really cool if you did something like this. Well, great. I don't have to go to anyone above me. Let me just implement that for you because it makes you happy and it makes total sense, right? So mm-hmm. there are certain things that you can do. And I think even that alone is just, an experience in itself. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. Do you have a favorite quote, affirmation, mantra, something along those lines that you just live by? I do, but it's so corny. Anyways, it's fine. Is, I'm all about she's... the corny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a Shakespeare quote. It's from A Midsummer Night's Dream. It's okay. Above, and though she be but little, she is fierce. So for me, it means that, you know, it's about strength, but also remaining kind. Like as women, we should be strong and fierce, but also as women, we need to be kind and just loving, especially towards each other. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's kind of my favorite quote. That's anyways, what it means to me. And I'm sure there's another sort of variation of it. But for me, it's, you know, a quality of being fierce and kind at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think you are that. Oh, I think thanks. I think you are. <laughs> and I and I love that you are because I think we originally got connected just on social media, just shouting each other out and engaging in each other's content and then eventually becoming right. each other's clients and <laughs> friends. But <laughs> I love that about you. And that's something that I hope that this podcast is helping to bring awareness and around women, you know, being kind to one another and supporting each other's businesses whenever it feels appropriate. I think that's a really important thing for us to do and that we shouldn't be worrying too much or, you know, obsessing about what other people are doing in a a negative way. But whenever we can share and just send a kind word or support via getting one of their services or, you know, reposting Mm -hmm. one of your posts or whatever that looks like. I really get that vibe from you. So I appreciate that you are living that quote. (laughs) 
<laughs> and everything <laughs> and everything that you do like an inspiration for other people because I think that a lot of people would do desire to create something of their own. They do desire to be in control of their life and their business and their finances and their income and their potential. And you are a person that is living that truth. So thank you for just being all of those things and doing all of that because I think you don't, maybe you don't even realize, but just you doing what makes you feel good is actually inspiring other people, myself included. Oh, that's really, really sweet. And I absolutely love hearing it because again, COVID, I'm not very motivated to do anything. So the little effort that I am putting in and for other people to still see that as inspiring or motivating for them, like then I've done something good today, you know? And I think that's true. We have, even if it's just one thing we can do to <laughs> anything <laughs> just to keep ourselves feeling good right now and trying to stay, you know, active and engaged with our clients and our audience and our friends and whatever we can do at this point is important. And that's why I wanted to be on here with you today. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. been such a pleasure. It's been sure fun. It's... I've never done a podcast before, so I'm into it. I'm totally into Good. it. <laughs> <laughs> is there, if any of the listeners wanted to connect with you, you were saying you don't always manage the Instagram account, but where could they connect with you? Where can they find you? What's the best place to reach out to you if they wanted to know more about your service? Maybe get a yoga facial or get some Botox <laughs> or their lashes done. I love get, it. Get on the wait list for when you guys reopen. You got it. So my website has a lot of information of each and every service that we offer, including a price list. And you can find that at lashesandlipstick.ca. I am on Instagram. I am active on Instagram as well right now anyways, because COVID, I've got nothing else to do. And you can find me on Instagram um, at Lashes and Lipstick CA. And then of course, my email to reach out to me directly is Anna at Lashes and Lipstick.ca. Perfect. Thank you. I'll make sure I include that stuff and we'll do a couple of fun little posts about the podcast as well. This was yes. good times. I can't wait to come back for my facial and my facial oil. I dropped my rose facial no. oil on my bathroom floor the other day. Luckily no, it landed it on a little, everywhere. no, it didn't break, <sighs> but it spilt out all over the carpet. Cause I have a little mat there and it spilt out into a shape of a iguana. I don't know why that was very <sighs> weird, but <laughs> I was so sad. You know what? I feel like it was my own fault. Every time I pick it up, I'm like, don't drop it. Don't drop it. And yep, I dropped it. So. You dropped it. I have a little <laughs> secret. It's grapeseed oil. Just put some more grapeseed oil in there. And then all the fragrance and the essential oils will kind of mix back together. And you've got yourself your rose okay. oil again. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Good tip. Good tip. Okay. Thanks, Anna. This was so much fun. Can't wait to see you again. Thank you. Bye. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey girl, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share a positive five-star review. And as a thank you for your love and energy, my team will send you a free copy of my social media content and goal planner. Please screenshot it and email it to info at priceless-beauty.com so we can get that to you right away. Until next time, let's stay connected on IG. Come say hello at Priceless Beautygram. And don't forget... You are worthy and capable of achieving anything your heart desires.